This is going to be a lengthy, lengthy segment, man. I mean, this week's episode was 35 minutes. <laughs> this is the sort of content. have an episode of us guessing booking. <laughs> yes, right. You can split it into two parts if you like. Oh, I come back next week where we get some more, more bookings. <laughs> all right, all right. You can do. Score, by the way, are you are you keeping tally of our scores? Absolutely not. Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week are Rhys Haldane. Rhys, hello, how are you? Uh, not as good as last week anyway, man. Bit annoyed after that. Right. I think we all are. McDonald's here. Jamie, how are you? Hey, I'm so frustrated after watching that. It's just, just so frustrating. Obviously, we'll expand on that in the episodes. Also joining us is David Forrest. David, hello. Hello. You well? Uh, I mean, well is a, a big claim. I mean, your exasperated hello at the start of the episode really summed up the mood of this of this episode, to be honest. We'll start with just talking about the game we just watched. This will obviously a disappointing uh, goalless draw with Dumbarton at Farhill. Reese, I'll come to you first. What were your thoughts on the performance overall? To be honest, one word that sticks out was just flat. Like, we create all sorts of chances, but like from the first half, I could just tell like this isn't going to be a high-scoring game. I know we've all been wanting three goals, four goals and that, but we just don't seem to have that intensity about our play. And then it just wasn't good enough like all, all day. Like Even when we're battering them, we're battering them and battering them, you just don't think we're ever going to score. And I don't know what the problem is. We just we don't have any sort of clinical aspect to our game at the minute. And Brian Graham was obviously miles off it today. I'm sure we'll touch on that, but as I've said in the last couple of weeks, we're needing Conor Murray and Joe Cardo not to step up and chip in with more goals because you can't rely on Brian Graham every week and that's obviously not happening because when Graham has a day off it, nobody else is stepping up to the plate at the minute and I'm sure we'll touch on it as well. The penalty kicks, man, it's becoming a bit of a joke. We, we get a penalty kick and we don't even think about scoring. We're generally better off not even accepting penalties at this point because what's that? Graham's missed two, Bannigan missed two towards the end of last season. Don't think anybody looks comfortable and as we said off air, when it comes to a penalty shootout in the cup stages, we look good in them. I don't know what's happening, it's, whether it's a mentality problem or what, but like, see, to be honest, like, I don't think it was a penalty, but it doesn't matter. You need to no, score these things. You need to say what you get. I know. It's so annoying, man. But it wasn't good, man. And then when the chances do break, like Ross Doherty, every week, mate, he has a chance six yards out and he fluffs his line. And then, oh, mate, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just raging at this point, man. <laughs> I just, I've not got much to say about it it's, it's just frustrating it's two points dropped because see if we if we picked up the win today we go levelling points with Cove despite we're only getting a point today we've already went ahead of Erdry but it's, it's shite mate we're at home at Dumbarton they, they were rotten they offered nothing I think they had one shot on, one shot the whole game wasn't even on target gutted 
see at the end, did Graham hit the bar or what even happened? Did the keeper tip it on at the bar? I think the goalie saved it and the goalie was shite. The goalie was actually shite. His handling was appalling. What <laughs> went in the box? He kept fumbling it on the ground and stuff. One of our best chances was when the goalie punched it under the roof of his own net. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I actually thought that was going in at first and then I just kind of looked up to the net. Mate, that keeper was getting on my fucking nails, man. Like, you see... Like, you saved the pen, right? And you see Pierce oh, screamed in Brian Graham's Brian face. Graham's and then two, that, two yeah. seconds later, Brian Graham's like, throwing goal, he's never getting a ball and he kicks him in the heat, mate. He death was meant that. Yeah, but no, the keeper, that, to be fair to him, he didn't make him away that. But. That keep, that keep, oh yeah, see that penalty rebound miss. My God, yeah. that's just yeah, that's be, a man. It's an open goal, basically. Mate, if he could literally hit it with his fine, it's going into the net. I don't know what, how he manages to put that on the bar. He like blasted it. He like swung his leg back. He just needed to like make a little bit of contact with it. And then, and then at, right at the end as well, Graham had the, we had the post twice, didn't we? Missed a penalty. And then fucking Fo- countless Foster, chances. Foster almost scored as well as deflected over. Right. And the keeper nearly scored an own goal. You mentioned a few things there, Reese, that I think we'll we'll come back to in more detail. I think one of the things that everyone's talking about now is the lack of goals in the team. Brian Graham obviously had an off day today, and I know I haven't mentioned before that the three attackers behind Graham, they always seem to have one good day and then two or three bad days in a row and then one good day. And they all had a bad day today. And when you're chasing titles, that's just not good enough. Cardo was off it today. Connor Murray was well off it today. I thought he was brilliant last week. And I, I talked him up in the podcast last week. I thought he was brilliant. He stayed really centrally last week. And I thought that benefited his game. But today, he was sort of been back to all over the place. He was playing left. He was playing right. He was playing through the middle. I don't think that helped him. Jamie, where do you think it's going wrong for us in front of goal at the moment? Obviously, injuries are playing a big part. Like some of our big goal scorers out of the team, like Zach Rudden, Blair Spittle. I mean, Salim's still injured. I mean, a lot of people we should have who have goals in them, obviously, are injured. But oh, it just looks like every the final ball is one of the big things that I think is a huge issue. Because if you look at it today, what Ryan Williamson kept getting himself in good positions, kept beating his man, getting like, inside the box, when he jogged it across, just hit, hit off the first man every single time, or it just got dinked over everybody. It's just it's so frustrating to watch. The only thing that I think's improved about us like making chances is our, our delivery from corners is looking a little bit better with Cardell on them, but oh, it's just so frustrating to watch. Like Brian Graham obviously was poor today. It's not like him, and he missed quite a lot of chances. And usually he would bury them, and we'd end up getting like we'd end up having a two 0 win here or something if he just was at it. And oh, it's just so frustrating when it comes to penalties. It's just like we said, it's just becoming a joke now. It's, we just keep missing penalties. I never feel confident with someone stepping up. I've I've been I've been chewing people's ear off with by saying I want Joe Carter to take the penalties, but I th- I think he'd be a decent option to take penalties. I think uh, the one he took in the shootout against Morton looked decent. So it's it's hard to actually put your finger on exactly what's going wrong, but it's so frustrating. I thought when Blue Lions came off the bench, he offered a little something different going forward. He you know he kind of took us out wide. He was good at t- tried to take his man on a few times, cut in and have a few shots. I mean, oh, it's it's just so frustrating. It's kind of lost for words a little bit. I think while Jamie's mentioned the penalty takers there, I think I'll come round uh, Reese and David just to ask who would you like to take the penalties. I'm a, I'm a Stuart Bannigan man. I know I've tweeted that a few times. But he scored 9 out of 11 for Jags, which works out as 82%, which is well above the sort of average of penalty conversion in football, which is about 75%. So I'd have Bannigan. I know that's not a popular choice. What about you, Reese and David? Bannigan's stats, when you actually look at it like that, I know they actually are quite decent. So... If it does come to it, I wouldn't actually mind seeing Bannigan back on it and give him another go because obviously in the past I've been very critical, very critical of him because I just don't really like the way he hits the ball, the technique. I just never feel confident in him. 
personally, I'd like to say I'd like to see Joe Cardo have a shot. Like I always really think that it should be the most technical player, and I feel like he's our most technical player. Last season, I was I kept going on about Reese Cole should be taking the pens. Like he's on every other set piece. Same with Joe Cardo. He takes every corner, takes every free kick. Why is he not on the penalties, David? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you, Matt. I think Bannigan should be the one that's taking him. You know, he starts speaking for himself, and I know that um, you know he has missed him. And I think the problem is, is that he misses him in sort of games that we remember. So you you remember the the sort of bad ones or whatever, but he does have a quite good record with it. And I think as well, it's only half of the equation. The other half is the goalkeeper. You can have the best penalty taker in the world, but if you have you know someone at the other end who can get there in the right time and stuff like that, like it. It doesn't matter who 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 you put down. Um, I think Bannigan's done uh, quite well with him. I, I feel a bit more confident about him than I do with anyone. But again, there's only so much. It's only so much in your grasp of being able to uh, shoot a penalty because again, you don't know what the keeper's going to do, and that's kind of half the lottery of it. Um, but no, I would I would go for Bannigan. Um, I think you know he's done it before. You know you might as well. I don't think there's this great penalty scare. We've missed penalties, but. You know, we missed we've missed penalties before. Um, do you know what I mean? Like it's not. I think there is a thing about it. Where you mentioned about the mentality, sort of. You know, we're quite good in penalty shootouts of them. Where part of that is there is a mentality thing whereby today, for example, it's nil nil. We've been absolutely hammering them. You need that one goal to just kind of set them off. Because I think we can all agree if we'd got the one nil, I, I could have seen us getting two or three. And I, there is a pressure on there to try and get the ball rolling, especially because we'd missed chances by that point. Whereas in a penalty shootout, you know, in a special in the modern game, a meaningless draw in the Betfred Cup where both teams are eliminated, there's no pressure on you to win the penalty shootout. As much as we love Lord and over Morton fans, you know what I mean? We still drew and we beat them in penalties. Same like Queen of the South, like, you know, it, it was a draw. It, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, the penalty shootout is just kind of an added on tact on thing. So I would say if I was, if I was a, somebody taking a penalty, this is a far higher pressure situation than it was in the penalty shootouts where ultimately they don't really matter that much. And I think it's just a case of maybe we are just letting the pressure get to us or maybe we're just overthinking it and trying to outsmart the keeper and stuff like that. And a lot of the times it's just a case of picking a spot and hitting it or whatever. But the pressure that's been put on them is taking its toll and keepers are able to capitalise on that. We've played nine games now in all competitions, so I think we're probably at a stage of the season well, we are all forming our opinions on players. So I'm going to ask for some sort of quick, maybe one-sentence reviews on players' seasons to date. Reese, I'll start with you. Connor Murray, what have you made of him so far? Talented, but unconvincing. That's just what I'll say on him. I just, I know he's got more to offer, so the jury's definitely still on Connor Murray, in my opinion, anyway. Jamie, Blair Lyons. Uh, I've not seen enough of him to actually judge it, and it's always uh, disappointing, not as in him, it's just disappointing that we haven't seen it. I know the transition, supposedly, from part-time to full-time, he's not really made as well as they hoped, but I really want to see some more of him. I do feel a wee bit with Blair Lines that the criticism of him is a wee bit unfair. I know he's not been great in the cameos that he's been he's been given, but I think today the, the game didn't really lend itself to him. I think Lines is all about pace, and by the time he came on, Dumbarton were more than happy to just sit in and didn't really suit him. Hopefully when we see Lions really from, from the start, we'll see the best of him. On you go, Reece. Totally, I agree. I, I really want to see more of Lions. He's just he's lively. He's like a live wire in the team. And everything he does, like it doesn't always work off because he is 100 mile an hour. But like, you, you kind of need that because we get sluggish at times. Like today, I thought we were like, labouring about. Like 
got to like 70 minutes and I'm like, nothing's happening here. We're never getting a goal. So you need to bring someone on like that who will maybe change a game. And I just feel we're not giving him enough time. David, do you want to speak quickly about Joe Cardo's season so far? Yeah, sure. I mean, he scored a couple of goals and he's been, um, he's had a lot of creative input and stuff like that, but he can be a bit greedy at times. And I think that has been to the detriment sometimes where some games you will see him and he'll keep a hold of the ball and try to make something out of himself when there is options available for him to pass to. So yeah, I'd say, you know, an okay an okay um, tenure so far this season, but could be a bit more generous. I'm going to go on to some listener questions then. Ian Hepburn has asked uh, if we should sign a striker in the January window or do we hold fire and rely on the fitness of Rudin Salim? And I think we had another question about what areas of the pitch do we need to strengthen in January? So we're, we're only a handful of games now away from the January transfer window. Um, Jamie, I'll come to you first. Where would you like to see us strengthen next month? I uh, definitely think we need to sign a striker. We cannot rely on Zach Rudin. I mean, he's just an injury waiting to happen. Salim, I don't know when he's meant to be back. McCall mentioned something today but players coming back in the next two or three weeks but he didn't sign to the squad he said into training so honestly who knows when they're going to be back so yeah definitely need another striker what I see is bringing a number 10 as well because we just lack that especially with Spittle being out I don't know I don't know when he's coming back I know they said they thought it was going to be shorter but you know you always have to add on another two or three weeks to whenever they say so I think another number 10 and depending on how bad some of our centre halves are injured because we still don't know when McKenna's coming back we still don't know when uh no actual dates and given on aware coming back either uh, or Reese Breen I think we could bring in a centre half on loan just to cover ourselves Reese, is there anywhere else you'd like to see us strengthen? Nah just echoing what Jamie says like a striker's needed because as you say you can't rely on Rudden made a glass and I don't know what's up with Salim I thought he was just getting his, his nose fixed and then like a few weeks ago I think it was these five games Scali said he should be back but he's not even making the bench so I just don't know. You don't hear enough about these players, and then you actually forget they're even on the books at the minute. So, a striker, whether whether that's going to be a loan or a free agent or even buying someone, I don't know. Rudden and Salim's probably on a good wage as well. Like I, I don't think Livingston will be paying his full wage, so we're probably paying good money for these players, and they're good players. So, but you can't rely on them. And a, a number ten because I don't know. We, we lack a bit of creativity at times, so. I'd like us to see those two strengthened because I don't think we need another centre half. Like Senna's doing brilliantly at the minute. Like what's that? Four clean sheets in a row. And despite how poor we were going forward today, like the defence were pretty much untested. Dumbarton didn't do anything. So I don't really know whether that's down to really good defensive work or we're just not being tested enough. But we'll soon see. I think I totally agree with you, Reese. I think a number ten would be the big one for me. Brian Graham seems. Touchwood, quite a a fit guy. He's not really had any injury problems. I I would love to see another striker brought in because I don't think you can rely on the the fitness of Rudden or Salim. But I think a number 10, we've obviously lost glass earlier on in the season without really seeing what he could do. We've lost Spittle. Even if it's extending Spittle's loan, I think that would do it. But I think we really need somebody in there who's going to sort of keep the team ticking. We've got it with Docker and uh, Bannigan just behind them, but further up the field. Somebody in there to chip in with five or six goals in the second half of the season and lay some more on for guys like Lyons and Murray to hopefully boost their tally as well. But I'll definitely get a, another striker in. But number 10 would be the priority for me. David, I'm going to put you in the spot a bit. Is there any names you quite like the sound of that we could maybe target in January? 
I mean, I've heard of this wee striker he plays for Arbroath. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name is Christopher Doolan. I don't know. I'm kidding on. Well, actually, no. I I think I don't know. I don't want to be the guy who's out. Like, we should get Doolan and and all that. Like, I mean, realistically, we could do with him. But in terms of names, I, I don't I don't know what it is. I feel that we actually have a team to compete if it wasn't for the fact that they're all injured. That's the problem. I would say definitely like, the number ten is definitely where I would be strengthening up. I mean, in terms of actual names, I. I'm not. I'm really not sure if there's anybody in particular that I would I would maybe go for with that because again I feel that we have the depth. It's just getting them back from injuries and it's just that sort of thing where you sign them and then the other players will come back and stuff like that. I would really like to see Spittles alone be extended though. I would definitely like to see that. That's probably going to be one of the main pieces of business we should be looking at. Depending on how bad Spittles' injuries is, we really should be trying to extend the loan until um, the end of the season at the very least. That probably would be my main piece of business to start with. I know, I know you were joking there about Doolan, David, but I think if we signed Doolan and then extended Spittles loan, I think that would be a good January. I think... Absolutely. I know, I know like, fans are probably bored of it and roll their eyes and stuff when they hear the Doolan chat, but we could have done with a guy like him today just standing between the posts waiting for the knockdowns. Uh, Reese, do you have anyone that uh, you've got your eye on for January? In terms of another striker just coming in shortly, I'd have liked to have seen Dapo Mabidi come in on loan from Rangers, but they're... Uh, there's some there's some sort of contract issues going on there, and they won't want to loan him out if he's not signing a new deal in that. And I don't even know if that's possible because we've already got a couple of Rangers guys out, and you don't want to become like a feeder club or whatever. But in terms of a midfielder, like a guy that would work perfect for us and fits like McCall's mould, like used to play for McCall would be Michael Moffat. But it's a weird one. Like he's been linked with us a few times, and I'm sure like he's so comfortable here. Like there's no really need for him to move, and he's old now and that. Like he'd be brilliant in League One. He strokes through games still for air in the Championship and he sort of fills that hole between the striker and the midfield. Like, he used to be filled with pace, like that was his key attribute, but he just dictates games now with like his technical ability and he'd be brilliant for League One, but I, I can't really see him dropping down, but you never know, McCall could have a word with him. I think there, there definitely used to be a rule, Reese, where you could only get two loanies, uh, two loanies in from the same club in the season. I don't know if that's still the case, but Mabudi, um, he, he's a football manager beast. He is, he is OP on football manager. Jamie, do you have any players that you've got your eye on? Reese Cole, if I'm being real, he's still without a club. I remember last season he said he wanted to come back. You know, he wouldn't see why he wouldn't want to come back at the end of the season. Also, we ended up getting relegated and that never happened. But even if we could get him on a short-term deal until the end of the season, then if we got do get promoted, then you might want to extend it for the championship, I think. He knows the club. McCall knows him. He's a good player. He's technically he's a player we kind of miss in that number ten role. I don't think we've got it. I think Declan Glass would have been like him, but obviously we never got to see him properly. So I think Reese Cole will be a good player to bring in. I know if we have mentioned this about a million times, but Tony Andrea is still a free agent. He's still without a club. Got released by St Mirren in the summer. I'd love like to see us bring him in. I mean, he's not really a number ten, but Jamie Ness is still a free agent after leaving Dundee. I mean, he'd be a decent addition to the squad. Being honest, striker-wise, I don't really know who I'd like to see us bring in, if I'm honest. But uh, the main two I'd like to add to see us go for would be Cole and Andrea. Obviously, we are quite a positive podcast, so we're not going to be all doom and gloom today. Um, there were some positive performances on the pitch despite a disappointing result. So, David, do you want to maybe touch on Bannigan and Doherty, who I thought were really good again today? Yeah, Bannigan and Doherty today were unreal. Um, I mean, there was a pass in near the end, near the end of the game with Bannigan, and it was... Oh, across the length of the pitch and it was straight to his feet it was such a good pass and they were just doing that all over the place and they were absolutely dominating the game and running the show I mean Dumbarton you you mentioned it Matt, 
Matt, they, they'd absolutely packed out their midfield with about 80 players, and they were just absolutely running through them all and just completely manning the show. It was they were they were incredible today and just being able to get balls onto people get through midfielders and stuff like that they were really really good and it's probably their best game that they, they've had together which is saying something because we've been regularly saying about how good they are and just get they're just getting better and better every week i totally agree with you david i thought bannigan was outstanding today there was a moment in the first half he, he sprayed a ball out wide to williamson and then about five seconds later, he made a slight challenge on a Dumbarton player as they were counter-attacking. Counter and just summed up his performance today. He was he was everywhere. And alongside Docker, they, they did run the game and they were key to the dominance that we had. And their performance, deserve, they deserve to be on the winning side with their performance today. Jamie, I'll come to you. Uh, we're going to talk about Senna again. Uh, I know we've spoken about him the last couple of weeks, but he's, he's played three games now and three clean sheets. And he, he just looks totally assured. And we're all sort of waiting for mistakes and they never really seem to be happening do you want to talk about his performance today i thought he played well today probably our man at the match if i'm being honest i think they did give it to him on jags home uh, i think he had a better performance this week than we did he did last week looks like he's kind of cleaned up and a little bit of his nervousness i mean last week he went into center half i mean he played there before for pollock but i mean he did look a little bit nervous at times but i thought he looked a bit more assured today at the back at one point in the second half he just powered a dumbarton player off the ball big tackles. He did it quite a few times during the game. I think he's just becoming a better player every week, basically. The more game time he gets, the more we'll see him improve, I think. And he can only get better. And yeah, I like him. He seems like he's got a good attitude. And I'm just glad that the coaches seem to be, as they, when Ian Bateman was on, he said that the coach is really talking through the games well. And that's what that's great. I hope that he, they keep doing that and he just keeps improving week by week because I've been very impressed with what I've seen from him so far. Man, to sum that up, man, we, we dominated. I've never seen us dominate a game that much in my life. Like, nobody in that back line or banjo put a foot wrong today. I was going forward. Three of them had four or five big chances. Normally, in a game, we get one or two big chances. We had four or five. The penalty, the penalty miss. Murray's chance. Graham, we hit the post. The top of the bar. Just one of those days, it's just a case of if we had scored one today, it would have been 3-4 easily. Another thing that's annoyed me the most is that even though we've had 22 shots and 5-6 on target, of the 5-6 on target, we've created 4 or 5 absolute sitters. Sitters to the point where we've created probably more big chances in that game yesterday than Barton at home than we have in every other league game put together. I mean, and that's it's just not good enough. Like when we attack, it's not a case of we don't have a game plan. We do have a game plan, but it's a game plan that everybody knows that is get to the byline and try and whip crosses in. It's never anything through the middle. It's never anything like that. It's always trying to whip balls into Graham. Always. And it's, and it's, you need to change it up sometimes. We need a number 10, a, a blur spill, a Declan glass, a squiddy. Like that's what we lack. That's why we need to keep crossing. Because we don't have somebody who can play in the pocket, who can drop him, just play off Graham. We don't have that pull. But it was just a case of getting that one. The penalty again. How many penalties are we going to miss? How many penalties? We've changed the penalty kick taker now. It's just the same old, same old stuff. And the whole blur lines saga as well that a lot of people in that guessing you spoke about in the podcast. Well, I wasn't there. Like, as much as I want to be one to be 
oh, the line's going to change it for us, the line's going to do this. You can't because he's not shown it, but he's not had the time to shown, be shown like anything he can do. It's literally a case of give him 20 minutes a game to try and get somebody up to speed. Give him a run of two, three, four games where he starts, even if he makes mistakes, and then you judge him. The same old problems. And now we've kind of clawed back Cove to our grasp. Now Falkirk got seven points now, and that gap's open right back up at the top now, again. That gap is opened up, yeah, again, at the top of the league, and it's still more and more as the week's gone and the more points we start dropping, the playoffs could be your only option. I still think win the league, but it becomes that Boxing Day is now a six-pointer, and Boxing Day is still four games away. Earlier this week, our own David Forrest spoke to Lee Smith to preview Saturday's opponents, Forfa Athletic. And now I'm joined by Forfa fan Lee Smith uh, to talk about this Saturday's game against Forfa. Lee, how are you? Uh, Not bad, yourself? I'm not too bad. Um, looking forward to next week's game. Um, so yeah, we'll get straight into it with Forfar. Um, how has Forfar's run been of late? How has it matched up with expectations? It's been okay. We kind of expected to be fighting relegation. Some of the results have been a bit poor. Um, the result and whatnot, but I don't think there's much we can kind of complain about because we're quite a poor team. What's behind that? Like, is there any particular reason as to why you've been poor, or is it just a case of bad luck? Or we're missing quite a lot of defence. Um, my manager's been mentioning that in his post-match interviews and whatnot. But Michael Travis is out for the season. Dan White's out for likely the season. Uh, Anderson's out. I believe he's almost fit, but he's been out so far. So we're missing them, and we've had to bring in young players to kind of cover for that um, obviously you can't just blame the defence we need to be scoring scoring goals as well um, and so far we've only got five goals um, which isn't good enough No I mean who, who is up front for Forfar at the moment is there anybody that you see is kind of maybe underperformed or that could maybe break out and maybe turn it around for the club is there anybody sort of up front that you, you just kind of look at One of Main strikers was meant to be Stephen Doris. He's been, I think he's been struggling with injury as well. But we've had um, Jordan Allen and uh, Scott Shepherd up front. Um, with John Robertson on loan from from St Johnston as well. Um, they've been our, our main strikers. I think so far only Allen's got on the score sheet. In terms of the for for like streaming service, obviously we've been using different streaming platforms and stuff like that when going to uh, different clubs to watch the games uh, on their streaming platforms. Um, obviously, with the, the Pixelot one being one of a source of controversy. Are four for using Pixelot, or how have you rated the streaming service so far? Uh, unfortunately, we are using Pixelot. Um, <laughs> for the most part, it's it's been okay. There's been times where I've found it either tracking a, a leaf instead of the ball or or Gary Irvin's bald head. Well, he's standing <laughs> in the middle of midfield and we're, we're attacking. I think it might have been the Montrose game. I think it almost missed a goal because it was focusing on the middle of the park. 
but luckily it went back just as we were scoring, but it's not what you want. No, um, no, absolutely. We we felt it at Montrose um, a couple of weeks ago where there was parts where it was just sitting watching the midfield and missing corners and stuff like that. And uh, Cove Rangers, we had the napkins and paper plates. So it's a paper plate and a napkin fell onto the pitch and it followed that about. And then somebody got it off the pitch and then another paper plate flew on. It swung back on to look at that one again. It was a bit of a disaster. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think people are absolutely... Um, falling in love with picks a lot put it that way what was your um how do you feel the season's going to pan out for fourth or do you see them turning around or do you see, do you see a, a relegation battle on their hands as much as i would like us to turn it around i think we're going to be for the majority of the season kind of fighting it out where like said peterhead and clyde um to not finish bottom um but i'm not entirely sure when like said travis and white will come back and depending on how long they're out for, I don't see us making much of an improvement at the moment. Just before you go as well, um, by day you're a Forfa fan, but by night you're a um, social media representative for Dundee United Women's Football Club, who are in the same league as uh, Thistle's uh, Women's Club, who have been having some crazy exploits recently, you know, winning 5-1 from 1-0 down against Aberdeen, a trialist scoring a screamer. Partly we've got a good team there, um, and obviously a good management team with um, you know, Brian Gray and Ross Dockett and Richard Foster there. Um they're making a, a few good additions. So I think along along with uh, ourselves, I think they'll be up there fighting for the, the top two promotion spots at the, the end of the season. And finally, uh, just before you go, um can I get a prediction from you for the score on Saturday in the fourth or fifth game? I think for the most part it's probably just another game. Um because we've not played like with yourselves, because we've not played Park for a while, it's there's maybe a slight buzz around that. Um, but I don't think I don't think the majority of fans are are really expecting much to happen with the game anyway. So I think that's kind of killed any buzz that there is. Uh, as much as I would like us to to get a point or something, I feel like it'll probably be something like two 0 two 0 Thistle. Um, there'll probably be an early goal or something and then that'll just kill whatever start we had just go on from there let's see it end the nail for us fair enough um, no, we, we've been similarly pessimistic recently so I can again I can kind of empathise with yourself but I'm, I'm glad to hear that you, you, you think we'll win but um, thank you very much Lee for coming on um, no problem. thanks for having me on yeah, it's been great having you um, yeah, and hopefully speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks for that. Reese, I know we're sort of ravaged with injuries at the moment, but are there any changes you'd like to see Ian McCall make to the side for the trip to Forfar next week? It's, uh, as you say, we're ravaged with injuries and it's hard to even make changes. If we had a full squad, you'd be like, I bring in Rudden, change up a bit, bring in Spittle, but it's all the key players we've got. So you look at the bench, you've got Gordon, Lyons and Charlie Riley's your only option so just go with the same team again and if it if it's happening again and we can't break teams down I'd like to see Lions introduced sooner and I'd, I'd like to see Charlie Riley I've mentioned that a couple of times I think he's a great prospect he looks really lively so I'd like to see more of him Gordon I, I really like Gordon like Gordon's a player that I've enjoyed for the past couple of years but when he's been coming on recently he's been he's not been doing it for me so 
I'd leave him on the bench before, bef- like I'd bring on lines before him. So same eleven, but then change it up if it's not working because I think you can actually tell when we're not getting a goal. Like see today, it was just it wasn't the same tempo as the East Fife game and that. So sluggish. So when it goes that way, make the changes soon. I, I agree, Reese. I thought I really enjoyed our first half performance today. I thought we looked good, and even at half time, I, I did think we would get a goal or two. But five, ten minutes into the second half, I think we'd hit the post quite early, and you just sort of got the impression it's going to be one of these days. And I think then I'd have liked to have seen lines introduced rather than 15 minutes from time when it Dumbarton sort of settled for the point. David, any changes you'd like to see? Uh, are you in favour of Riley or Gordon? Or Lions come in next week from the start? I'm in agreement with Reese that I think that Riley should uh, get a start. I think giving him a, a bit more game time, we we should see something out of him because he does seem like a bit of a player when, when he comes on. Boy Lions as well, again, we've been crying out for it for weeks. I'd like to see him get more to game time, maybe a start. Problem is, is that we, you know, the, the, the two players you know, on the wings that he would maybe fill in for have both played really quite well. So it's hard to kind of justify dropping them. But today, it felt like he could have made a difference if he was on from the start. But yeah, mainly I'd like to see Charlie Riley, definitely. I think he, he is something to prove. Uh, Jamie Fleming has messaged into the pod asking Matt specifically, who is Bishop Riggs' greatest export? I think we both quite like this question. And I think we're going to go through six. Uh, plenty of fine exports from Bishop Riggs. So we've got six. So I think in sixth place, I think we're going to go Mark Wallace, um, friend of the podcast, produces some very good articles on Thistle history on Twitter. David's chuckling because um, Mark will probably be raging that he's as low as six, considering the other people that have been discussed. But uh, Well, if he listens, <laughs> he might be raging, but he, there's that, no chance of that happening. So That is precisely why he is not higher <laughs> on this ranking. Um, although he is a friend of the podcast, rarely listens. And it also not in his favour as he has been asked to leave the family standard for help before. <laughs> so at number five is the podcast own Manpreet Singh. Famous party Thistle fan for some very good reasons and some very bad reasons. Provides the club with some reasonable exposure online. And as a result, uh, the kit release video was based on one of Manpreet's videos. So a good lad. Uh, and number four, another podcast member, David Forrest. It's a very Bishop Briggs-centric podcast. This, I think I'm the only person that's not from Bishop Briggs. Yeah, he edits the podcast very well, very professionally, which puts him above uh, Messrs. Singh and Wallace. So Forrest slots in at Bishop Briggs' fourth finest export, which I'm sure he will take when he sees who is in the top three. And number three, we've got Amy McDonald, another fine export from Bishop Briggs, currently married to Thistle fullback Richard Foster, uh, recently released a really good album, The Human Demands. I think it's my favourite album of hers. Produces good Bruce Springsteen covers and has released some of the sort of most famous Scottish hits of this century. I know she's not everyone's cup of tea, but solid number three on Bishy's Exports. Which brings us to number two. And uh, is the man that should be taking part of Thistle Penalties is Stuart Banzo Bannigan with his 82% success rate. I think I looked up last season, I think it's gone down now, that he had been booked in 33% of his career appearances. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think that's gone down because I also looked up he's only been booked in three times in the last like 410 days or something. So it, it definitely improved behaviour from Bannigan, but no, 
well on his way uh, to being a thistle. He's already a thistle icon, I think, over 200 appearances. Uh, I know he's not had the best time of it with injury in the last few years, but a firm favourite of most of us on the podcast and deserves his place as Bishy's second finest expert. So, number one, I'm sure, um, if you've not turned off this feature yet, you're all desperate to hear who is Bishy's finest expert. It's not Lewis Capaldi, it's Peter Capaldi, the best actor to ever play Doctor Who. Some extremely magnificent performances in that uh, particular television show, which I know myself and Jamie are big fans of, hence the last week's episode being named Last of the Time Lords, and also absolutely fantastic and thick of it with his portrayal of Malcolm Tucker. Uh, a great actor, some great eyebrows, and be good to see him down at Fur Hill now and again. So um, if you've stayed stayed with this feature, this listener question, all the way to the end, there you have it. Peter Capaldi is Bishop Briggs' finest export. I think it's only fair, to be honest. It's too hard to kind of differentiate between all the official icons and Mark Wallace. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, right, no, I, t- I totally get it. I'll take fourth. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a Europa League place. Um, As this week's episode is a little light on content and been released on a Friday, which we hope means nobody will listen to this, we're going to put in this segment which we recorded a couple of weeks ago with David and Mark. Guess the number of bookings. Welcome to a special segment of the Draw, Lose or Draw podcast, which will be called, rather half-arsedly, Fully Booked, in which, in which me and the guys take a dive into Thistle's disciplinary record over a season and guess how many yellow cards they received over the course of the season. Joining me are Matt Greer. Hello. And David Forrest. Hello. Uh, we had a practice run of this, and I'm not going to lie, the numbers scared me. So I've been totally thrown as to how many bookings these people got because they're all animals. So it's going to be a wild time. The premise of the game is fairly simple. I will go through every player in numerical order. So starting with number one, in which I will ask Matt and David how many bookings that particular player received over the course of a season. Uh, this particular episode will focus on the 2017-18 Partick Thistle season, in which, in total, we received 87 yellow cards and four <laughs> red cards. <laughs> okay. You ready, boys? Yep. I'm ready. First I things first, number one, <laughs> Thomas Cherney, legendary goalkeeper. So I go first, David? I'll go first. So my reasoning behind this is that Thomas Cherney literally bullied a referee and he disallowing a goal against Muddle this season. So there's no chance he's not getting a ton of bookings here. I'm going to say six. Okay. I, as much as a shit as Thomas Cherney was, he was really good at it. And I don't think he got booked that often. He definitely got booked against Dundee for taking down a striker in the game that we won at Hill. I'm, go- I'm going to go two. I don't think he get booked that often. I'm going to go two. 
Thomas Cherney received four yellow oh. cards that season. On to number two, Mustafa Dumbuya. I don't yeah. think Dumbuya played that much that season, but he gave a penalty away at Farhill, I think, against Celtic, so I'll just go one and presume you get booked for that. David? Aye, because he, he was out the whole like whole preseason and stuff, and I remember he made his debut because we were all going on about how when Dumbaya comes back in January, that'll be us fixed along with all the other players that were coming back. And then he played against uh, Queen of the South and was not very good. And then it just kind of... I think he wasn't in the team by the end of the season. I don't think, I think he'd been dropped. I will go to... Mustafa Dumbuya received only one yellow card. Yes. Number three, Callum Booth. Aye, well, Ada went quite low with this one. But after we did the trial run of the 16-17 season, turned out Callum Booth was a dirty bastard. So I'll go seven. Along the same reasoning, I'll go six. Actually, Callum Booth received one yellow card. <laughs> oh, I fucking upped his game out. <laughs> up next, we have two players. Up next, we have two players at number four. Jordan Turnbull, who only played the first half of that season, and sexy, Bailey Cargill, who played the second. I liked how we transplanted the sexy men where we, we lost one and we just felt right, we need to get a really handsome guy in to replace Turnbull, so we'll just get Bailey Cargill in. Uh, so, Jordan Turnbull first. Matt? Uh, half a season, but again, did like a tackle, didn't he? I'll go five. David? I'll say three. Jordan Turnbull received seven <laughs> Half a season. He's playing for the badge, Matt. He's showed passion. <laughs> Up next, of course, Bailey Cargill. Oh, God. I mean, like Jordan Turnbull gets seven on his spree of, of, of murders on uh, opposing players. So, God knows what Bailey Cargill got. I'm going, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he only got one. I, I don't think Bailey Cargill was as... Uh, Feisty is Turnbull. I'll go two. Bailey Cargo received just one yellow card. Oh. Up next, Niall Keown. I can't remember a single thing Niall Keown did in that season. Apart from he did the ball down to like Chris Boyd inside the penalty box at Fahill. Um Five. I Yeah, I, I don't know. He, he seems like the sort of player who could rack up the cards. I'll go four. Niall Keown received eight yellow cards. <laughs> Up next, Abdul Osman. Right, dirty bastard. Try to get himself sent off a bit three times, but also didn't play that much, so I'll go eight. I think it's a shout. I think I'll go eight as well. Abdul Osman received five yellow cards. <sighs> Up next, Stuart Bannigan. Oh, my word. Right, I believe he only played maybe one, two games max that season, so I'm going to go two. <laughs> I, I, I don't fault the logic, he only played two games, but also he uh, has, has, has had more cards than Clinton's, so I, I, two, I go with two as well. Chuck Panigan received four yellow cards. <laughs> Chris Dillon's up next. <laughs> one. One. He got booked at Ibrox for scalping a centre-half and I don't think I saw him get booked again. One. David? I'll go zero. 
Dylan received one booking, so Matt Lee takes the lead. Chris Erskine is next. Uh, this was this the was... proper halcyon days of the Erskine descent era of him just berating the ref all the time. I'm going 12. I don't know if he got as many as 12. I'll go in 8 plus a red card. One red card is indeed correct. He also only received four bookings. Crikey. Fair play, man. Stevie Wallace is next. I don't think Wallace got booked much. Didn't really put a tackle in. But he did play wing back a few times. So he might have had to. I'll go four. David? Yeah, I mean, we've heard from people on the pods that uh, Wallace can be a wee bit of a fanny at times. Um, so I'll go five. Three bookings for Stevie Wallace. Up next, Adam Barton. Did, did he even do anything? Like... But never mind to merit a yellow card, just anything that season. I don't think he had the enthusiasm to get books, to be honest. I, I'll go one. Matt? I, I'll go two for Barton, just because he played a ton of games in midfield and centre half. Adam Barton received five yellow cards. Christy Elliott next. Uh, I think Elliott missed a big chunk of this season through injury. Did play at wing back though, did like a tackle, so five. Yeah, I mean, he he was out for a long time. I sat next to him at Celtic Park and he, uh, when he was in his moon boot, and uh, he was out for quite a while, so three, because he'd have probably been a bit delicate about like putting his leg in. A in total danger. of seven bookings for Chris <laughs> Up next is the previous season's record holder, Danny Devine. Well, it's a, a real shame you can't get booked for crimes against defending. <laughs> uh, I mean, he had to foul people because he couldn't stop them legally. Uh, and he also done every Monday next on this season. And I think he did play just about every game. I'll go 14. My, I, I always remember Devine because my wife doesn't really know much about Thistle outside of maybe Doolin and Erskine she probably couldn't name too many Thistle players but I always remember the enduring uh, scene of watching a sports scene one time as, as um, he got booked and my wife walking in going is that that prick Devine again? He's, yeah, I'm, I'm going 15 Danny Devine 10 yellow cards and one red card this season. That was a wee bit anticlimactic Aye so, up next is Scotland International, Paul McGinn. <laughs> what a bizarre Yeah, allowed to say that if he's not been capped. Well, he, well, he is now. Is he? Uh, he, did, he did play against he Slovakia, did. did he not? He got on. He got on against... Okay. Uh, he got on in one of the games recently. Fair play him. Uh, I've still got eight bookings, though, because he was in all very good. Uh, nine. Oh fuck no! Hasn't he been? has been capped? I thought he has. Amazing, amazing. I genuinely thought he'd got on in one of the games. He was in the Daffle squad. Mark Wallace here really showed his uh, football knowledge prowess here. Um, right. Uh, so zero caps, but how many yellow cards? Uh, seven for Mister McGinn. Up next, Connor Salmon. Uh, he probably get booked a few times for put like jumping his arms up, but. He didn't even really run enough to foul folks, so I'll go four. I'll say five. He looks at like the sort of guy who can just bam up defenders and get 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 reactions out of them. So I can imagine you probably like just shoving people in corners and all that. So um, I I'll go five. One 
Booking. Crikey. Good lad. Ryan Edwards next. I'm sure he should have been sent off about four times this season, mostly <laughs> against Rangers. He definitely absolutely did Ryan Jack, and I think he got away with it. But oh, fuck, mind that. I, I'm going to go nine for Edwards, because he did, he did like a foul. Uh, I, I'll go eight. Six. Oh, Ryan Edwards. Oh, next, Kevin Nisbet. How many games Only, did Nisbet actually play for us that season? Six or seven, I think, because he got on a few games in the League Cup and then Doolin got injured in the opening day. So I'll go I'll go two for Nisbet. I, I'll say that Nisbet is the only person to not get a booking. Nisbet get one booking. But it wasn't in the League, it was in the League Cup. Up next, James Penrice. I think Penrose played for us this season. He played for Livingston and the. Oh, Penrose did play. Penrose did play in season. Did he? Yeah, because I remember. I remember. He played. I remember he played it. He played it left back against Celtic. Then went out in loan, I think. And then he. Play, I remember him playing against Rangers in that game. But Tavernier scored for like thirty yards, and the goalie just let it. Let the, the goalie just stood and watched it fly by him. If we're just, going just Thistle bookings, I'll go one. Uh, it's just one booking for James Penrice. Uh, up next, Gary Fraser. He Did definitely he get... got one at Parkhead. Yes. He definitely got one at Parkhead. And what a for, booking it was. Uh, you've got to say, if we're giving out booking of the season awards, that is, that is it. He could have killed somebody, man. screamer. could have killed somebody. It was a screamer. It was a worldie, aye. Um, uh, I'll go three for Fraser, because I don't think he played much. I'll go four. One booking for Gary Fraser. Oh, well. If you're going to get booked, make it a good one. Andrew McCarthy. Funnily another. enough, uh, McCarthy and Fraser now play together at Peterhead. McCarthy's another that just got wheeled out to scout people at Parkhead. So, <laughs> considering we played Celtic three times that season, I'm going to go three for McCarthy. It's a very yep. fair shout. I go three as well. Actually, only two oh. for Andrew McCarthy. Up next is Martin... Has a decent range of passing and nothing else would. That's a very catchy nickname. Um, I'm going to go eight for Martin Woods because he did play a big chunk of games uh, in the middle of the midfield and that was the sort of game to break up play, so I'll go eight. I genuinely forgot Martin Woods existed, um, so I'll say six. Four for Martin Woods. Not bad. Fair play if anyone's not turned this segment off yet, 16 minutes in. <laughs> anyway, the last one of the bunch, Miles Story. Oh Jesus! Uh, five all for diving. Uh, I'll say four all for and diving. Fact, Even I, though he, he fell over his legs and didn't <laughs> actually dive. Uh, he got four for diving and one for thrashing the ball into the ground at Dens Park in the last day of the season when he gets subbed off at half time. So uh, five, I'll go five. I'll go four. The answer is three bookings ah. for Miles Story. <laughs> 87 total bookings that season, four red cards, 78 in the league. Three of those red cards came in the, the league with one in the League Cup. Players who didn't get booked that season. <laughs> the only player who didn't get a booking that season was Player Spittle that, that played anyway. But most importantly, Matt, what was the score? 
you got to keep count, Daddy Foxy. I believe Matt edges it by three to two. So there you go. Yeah, three to two. So yeah. Congratulations, Matt. Safety say we won't be using this segment again. Mark, That's what you think. This is getting used every week. Aye. And get this week, get the fuck if I'm doing it every week. Thanks for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw. We'll be back next week to look back on our trip to Forfa and preview our home game against Peterhead. As always, stay safe and wear a mask. <laughs>